Hey, this is Matteo Lane. I'm Emma Wilman. And this is Inside the Closet. Inside the Closet. <laughs> okay, and we're back. So, a little bit for everyone who thought that Emma and I disappeared, we didn't. We actually recorded an episode last week, but I was in such a horrid mood. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were even going to share that. I, w- I would have just said, <laughs> okay. I was just I would you know what it was it was it was out of my control I think Emma would agree I was in a really bad situation and, and so I kind of unleashed uh, there was this business deal we'll say <laughs> unleashed and then I called Rebecca and our producer and Emma and I was like you know in hindsight probably not such a good idea that was a private that should have been a private conversation with Emma. So here we are. We're doing it a week later, a day late. We're sorry. I'm currently in Milwaukee. And Emma, where are you? I am in Mission Viejo, California. Which is beautiful. It's so pretty. It's like an hour outside of LA. It's so, so, so pretty. It's like, it's not like an area. It's so different from where I grew up. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's where like all the houses kind of look the same, but it's like they follow a certain theme. This is not in Maine. In Maine, there's in Maine you don't see the houses near you, so it's like all the houses like follow this like certain like really pretty theme. They've got similar stuff, but they're different. It's like kind of like in like, parts of like Miami or like Spain or like you know yes. like Italy, where like they have like a law and it's like the houses have to look a certain way. Exactly, which I believe is like a pretty standard thing in the suburbs. And yes, I've been in tons of like New England suburbs. I've got cousins in Massachusetts suburbs, but this is like LA. It's just like really nice. I really, really, I like it. I like it here a lot. I came because I am visiting. I'm, I haven't spent time in LA since before the pandemic. So I'm here and then I'm just bopping in doing shows. I'm not doing any like big ones. I'm not putting them up my website. I'm going to come back and do that, but I'm just like popping around. Good. And it's nice. It's beautiful. I got to see a friend I hadn't seen in a really long time. Um, it feels really kind of surreal because I haven't been here since before the pandemic, so it's kind of trippy. Um, I have a question for you. I get a lot of yes. people messaging me about them listening to the podcast from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't really remember what we were like in the beginning. I think I would do a Barbara Corcoran impression every week. But I'm just sort of curious, like, we've been doing this for five years now, six years now. I just want to know, like, what are your thoughts on the evolution of us as individuals and together as a podcast? Well, together as a podcast, we've really stuck with it. I mean, we, it's, it's, it's fun. We've, we've stayed true to ourselves of just coming on and sharing with you guys. And, you know, we haven't been like, okay, we're going to start doing top 10 pop culture stuff, which, you know, probably would be, that's like what a lot, you know, whatever. We've stayed true to the original, original format. Yeah, we just um, chit-chat. We catch up. We're like old yes. friends. Right. Which I would... So I would say for me as a person, I'm a lot healthier than I was. But I was like really... So wait, so let me do the math. I'm 30... I guess I was... Wow. So six... I was like 28. So I don't Six really years ago? Re- yeah, I was... Wait, how old was I? This is when I was still living... I think it was... I think we've been doing it for like eight years. No, less than that. Wait, Rebecca, do you know how to see like when we started doing Inside the Closet... Seven years. Yes, I was 29, based on my mathematical calculations. God, it's a really, it's so, you know what's really messes it up? It COVID really does mess it up. 
And I, I hate to even bring up COVID like that because I am shocked by how many comedy specials and comedians I'm seeing where it's like so much, there's still so much COVID material out there. I, like I'm like- I, I, Yeah, all my COVID stuff is, I'm out. I don't do any it's, more COVID so, stuff. Or it's one thing if it's like a, well, an experience Maybe like a happened. joker here or there. Sure. And it's one thing if it's like an experience that happened that's unique, but not like the whole like, be like, I hadn't been, just, I'm surprised. It's nice to be out. I haven't been out of the house in 10 months, whatever. But COVID did mess up my time frame of, because it's like. Well, because it, it was it, almost two years. It's so fucking crazy. It's crazy. It's I really mean, a trip. I think when we first started doing this podcast, I mean, we went through everything of like, first of all, I think I was a lot more open and vulnerable about like my dating life, which I am now a little more precious Me too. About. I used to say anything. I remember there's a distinct moment to me where I was like, oh, actually there's like, there's- There's a multiple one. <laughs> there's multiple ones, but one in particular where someone was like, you know, why did you, you know, you, you said this and you said that. And I was like, what? when where like no i didn't and she was like you did and i was like i did not and then she was like i was like Your that doesn't podcast. even sound like me. and then she like pulled up the recording and played it and it's me being like ah, fucking bitch. <laughs> and i was like did we just think we were recording into like a black void well honestly i think because we had like no listeners in the beginning we were like well we could just say whatever we want and then all of a sudden it was like uh-oh people are responding there's multiple times where i was in relationships or dating someone where they they went out of their way to be like and this is why I can never be a detective. They're like, just so you know, I don't listen to your podcast. I was like, good to know. Mm -hmm. And that, and I believed it where, you know, maybe that was like kind of stupid. Now it seems really stupid. Also, podcasting hasn't, I mean, podcasting just got like big, 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 big in the past like five, four years, six years. Well, but like it, where it's like it's, everywhere. It's had like certain evolutions where like now yes. it's like, it's almost Everyone like. Everyone has a, it. Especially in LA, I feel like they have like a whole podcast community because it's like. Podcasts are feuding with other podcasts and stuff. Everyone's got to, you're at the checkout here and they're like, enjoy your day, listen to my podcast. I mean, everyone's got to. Yeah, everyone has a podcast. A podcast. So yeah, we're no, we're no different. We're no special. Right, but. right, right. We're no special. We're not special. So which club are you doing in Milwaukee? I'm doing a theater. I'm doing the Hall Theater. Um, then tomorrow I'm doing some private event in Chicago. And then I fly to What kind of private Rome. event? Something, something homosexual. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes when you try to keep things like private, but like be ambiguous about it, and it's comedy, it sounds so sketchy. Because I've had that before too, where I'm like, I just was doing something earlier. I had I was talking to a doctor, and they were like, they're a gastroenterologist. However, it's pronounced. You guys will be happy to know that oh, I cannot pronounce it. How how is that going, by the way? It was it's it was just a general consult. I think I'm less stressed. I'm, I run around less when I'm not in New York. I also like sit down and eat. Or I, there's a big kitchen here, so I like am cooking more, so better. But she was asking. There's something where they were like, "What do you do?" And I was, I was like, I, "I work in entertainment." I was trying to just like leave it at that. And I was, and then she was like, "Why wouldn't you tell them what you do?" I will. I, I ended up doing it because I realized it sounded sketchy. I was like, "I work a lot at night in entertainment." And then she was like, "Oh," and she was like, "So not an actor?" And I was like, mm, "No." And then she was like, "All right." And then I was like, "I'm a comedian," but that's usually how it'll be. Where I'll try to well, avoid it. And of all like, the people that you should be upfront and honest with, shouldn't you be? Sure. <laughs> Shouldn't you be upfront and honest with the people who are trying to make you better? Yeah, it was just a, this was just like a check. This was just like a pre check in thing. And then they were like zipping through questions. But I hate when you go to like a doctor, I was at a doctor's office. I think I brought this up on the podcast once where they were like, they're like in front of everyone. And what did you come in for? 
And I looked at him and I said, do you think that's anyone else's business here? And then he was like, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm like, bitch, we're not at brunch. Like, 100%. This isn't the CVS checkout. Like, right. you don't know me. What do you mm-hmm. think was it? What was the moment for you where you started sharing us about your thoughts on dating? My breakup with uh, Kike. Mm. Yeah. Because it was that like, you sense. know, and, and even he asked me like halfway through dating, like, don't talk about me. Not in a way like I had been, but in a way that he was like, I won't, I, I just want my own privacy. And that's fair. Like, he didn't sign up to be a comedian. Right. But, um. You did always say nice things about him, but I get that. Yeah. Oh, I have nothing bad to say about Kike. He's great. I, you know, I'm sort of going through like a smidgen of a, not a breakup, but like, you know, when you're with someone and it's like ambiguous, but it's months and it's like this kind of back and forth. So. I was just going through that and brought up the idea of long distance, and they were basically like, that doesn't work for me. And I was so like, So was the oh. proposal that you would then live where they live, or were they like, I just want to keep it casual? I think that they were more so like, like they wanted to just keep it casual, or like there was, I mean, there's more to it, but I don't want to get too in depth. But I was like, oh, okay. And then just sort of leaving you feeling like shit for the rest of the week, because it's like, of course. Months, you put yourself months. out there. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel bad in the sense that, like, I was honest and direct with how I feel, which is I feel like how everybody should be. Absolutely. But um, sometimes that's not a reality for people. Like, sometimes being open and honest about your feelings doesn't necessarily reflect if someone else is ready to hear that or also be ready for that. So it was it was a little strange. Well, it's it's tough because you can be open and honest and like share where you're at, but we don't we can't predict the outcome. So it's like that's and then it's like oh, and then but once you've done that, but it's better to do that than delay it because it's going to come out in some form or another. But then right. when someone's you know is like no, let's keep it casual. Especially, are you willing to just keep it casual? No, I mean, I don't think it's casual. I, I also don't think it was casual anyways, but um, like respect, like I think it was, uh, I'm I'm not here to change anybody's way of living. So I just was like, okay. So that is a very real relatable thing. I think when someone doesn't realize something is not casual, like I feel like I, you, that's like a regular thing where someone's like, ah, oh, we're just keeping it casual. It's like, you talk all the time, you share things. It's more than just sex. Like it's not just casual, but it seems like sometimes someone maybe is in denial about that. I've, I've felt that before in certain situations where I'm like. Yeah, I think well, outside you know. of this relationship, I mean, it, some people can be, can just like the attention. Some people can like the casualness because it's comforting. But then there's, I think once you like try and put any kind of labels on things or you try and like, try and say like, okay, well like, um, in other words, if you try and cement something, it's too overwhelming, which I get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look, relationships are not for everybody, and they may not even necessarily be for me. But I think when you find like a connection with somebody, it's good to at least like voice those opinions. But you know, you have to also expect it's sort of the same thing I say when people are like, "I want to come out to my parents, but I don't know what they're gonna say," and I'm like, "It's not really about them. It's about you speaking your truth. How they respond isn't your responsibility." And so, you know, I unless sort of, you live with them. And yeah, that, like, unless I you mean, depend right. on them, because mm-hmm. that, because mm-hmm. I remember someone said once they're like, but they'll kick me out, and I was like, oh well, I'm not in a doctor. A, in a, in an environment where like one is one has a backup, so to speak. Right. Yeah, but it is. It's always very hard. But it gets. I mean, a little bit easier the older you get. You're like, well, I've been here before. 
Totally. Oh my God. The feelings that come up when you're date with your first loves and your first, I remember after my first like serious girlfriend, I was in college and we dated for like on and off for like two years. She's great. We've stayed for, we've stayed friendly. And I remember being in the shower crying. So dramatic, which is like, I don't know if I just started crying. I, who knows what it was. You know when you break up and like everything reminds you're like shampoo. I bet she uses shampoo. <laughs> we, and I remember too. I was like we had built in a routine because we had been together like two years. So it was like we had this routine where it'd be like we would her friends and my friends we would see each other and then we'd all like do stuff on the weekends. And then she went away. She did a domestic abroad program, and we then we were long distance. But I remember crying in the shower and being like, I never want to let someone because it wasn't just the the relationship. It wasn't me. I wasn't just crying because I was like, oh, the relationship is over. I was like, I was like, I integrate. It was like, it was my first relationship, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's like I integrated. We had integrated like everything. It was like all our friends in college, everything. And I was like, now I don't for me. That's not I know that that happens, especially like every lives merge. But like it's I remember just being like, I never want to be this upset from another person again. I probably have gotten that upset, but I don't think like, I was, like, for... I don't know if I was writing poetry, but I was close to it. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, well, your first loves... I mean, my first love, I we don't speak. Um, I would, <laughs> but they, they don't want to talk to After me. After all these years, they still wouldn't speak. Um, no. What? There's no... I know. I know. But it's so funny because it's like, though... It, you know, less and less, but you do remember your first... Do you think your first love affects how you, the rest of your relationships? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, in a way where it's like, whatever you fucked up in your first relationship, then, like, good relationships could come swinging your way, and you're, like, in your brain, you're still trying to fix the last relationship, mm. and so you, like, are just skipping past all these good relationships for the bad one. Does that make sense? That's really interesting, too. It's, I'll think of the template. It's kind of like the original template that you were a part of. Or I know for me, it's it's both goes... I can't um, take them apart, but like my first relationship did in some ways mirror my parents' relationship only in that my parents had a really messy divorce. And I remember that, you know, there was like some sketchy ambiguity of seeing other people on both of our parts, but on my part. That's the only part I'll talk about. And my part was, it was bad. And it, I remember for, for a long time, I would kind of be like, I was, I remember it so well because when we first started dating, I, I was like, oh shit, I need to go make out with someone else just so there's less vulnerability here. And I think then that made me realize like, oh my God, my parents divorced, my dad cheating affected me more than I realized. Mm-hmm. So I think I was maybe, I, but I know exactly what you mean. Like I, how I, my reaction to that was, each relationship would be very different from the previous relationship, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But there would well, be only, similar I've patterns. I've only had two relationships my whole life. That's, That's not amazing. a lot. I'm 36, right? It's not a I bad thing. I was single for seven years because I, I broke up with my ex and then like was like, I'm going to become a stand-up comedian. I'll show the world. And all that like anger fueled me like my first two years of open mics. Until Did you like, do any dates? I mean, some date, light dating, like a date here and a date there, yes. but like, like not even like dating, dating. 
Not even like relationship. I've never had a relationship with a man who lives in New York City and I'm a New Yorker. That's it. I had that for four years where there was no dating. And I remember being like, wow, I don't even have any leads. Because when I would before, like in college, you'd be like, I'm with someone, blah, blah, blah. If I wasn't with them, who's this? What's this motherfucker up to? Like, I did. Right. And I was like, I don't even have any leads or interests. And I don't even. And I remember going on a few dates, but it was just like that. And, you know, when you're in it, it seems like a long time, but then that shit picks back up. Yeah. That is interesting but, about New York, though. Well, because I think New York is just too chaotic, too many options, and too many A-type personalities, like, driving for their You should dreams. do a joke about that. That's funny, A-type personalities. I, I mean, I don't know if it would resonate with people outside of New York, but there is something funny about, like... It's true. A-type. It's like yeah, everyone's it scheduling, even sex. It's like, can I fill you in, no pun intended, at 2 p.m.? You know, how does right. 2.30 work? Fine, but I got to leave by 3.30. Great, we'll make it quick. What right. other city... Every other city is like, I'm going to come over after work. New York City is like, I'm in between the gym. I'm in between two meetings. And fuck, my, the train is, you know. I think so much of that is apartments in New York are usually so fucking small that we're like, we're also like figuring out like small amounts of time to be in each place. Because it's like every place is kind there's always like something about every single place that you're in. I find right. in New York, except for your right. apart, your own apartment. Then you're like, okay, I know what the pro- like. I know I live in the East Village. It's an old building. I know I need to jiggle the heat on the shower. Like, there's a lot of explaining. Like, I have someone staying in my apartment next month, and I, my cousin, and I was like, okay, just to, it's just I live in the East Village. Have you spent time there? No. Okay, it's an old building. Have you been in an old building? Not really. All right, there's some rules. I'm like sending out a, a piece of like th- it's like three pieces of paper about like when you first off. Okay, you see the door, you get in, all right. To get in, you have to jiggle the key a little to the left, pull it out, put it back in hard. Okay, Emma, I literally had the same conversation with someone who was staying with me. I was like, look, the front door, the, the door that leads into the building, you're gonna put the key in and turn, it won't turn. So you're <laughs> gonna put it in all the way and then just bring it out by a hair and jiggle it till you feel that it can move right and left and then move it left. <laughs> and it's like, and that's a great, like, if you said that to me, I'd be like, great, now I know how to even even do this. And the pull-out method, as mm-hmm. it applies to this, was I had been in the building for a little bit, and then someone, this guy was coming in, and he saw me, and he's like, are you doing the building? I'm like, yeah. He's like, let me show you how you do the door. I was like, God bless. And then he's like, out, in, out, in, light, right, hard. And I was like, oh, you're a genius. My mom visiting, I was like, <sighs> I was like, the door is a thing. We need to say at Lexi's. Cause, and then hers, you just have to like jiggle a little bit. But mine, I was like, all right, you got to turn around, play hopscotch for two hours. You have to speak one phrase in Russian and one There's phrase in There's a troll. You have to answer his question three. Right. Riddle me this. Yeah, other New York things is like, I'm now used to the sound of the heat coming on. So it sounds like something's being banged. And then like, and I'm like, mmm, heat. And it gets so hot. Like the shower... The shower at Lexi's is scalding, scalding, scalding hot. Or you have to like, then you have to like wiggle the, and her, I love her See, apartment. See, my her heat takes is, a solid five minutes to get up to me because I'm really? on the fifth floor. So when I take a shower, I have to turn the sink on, the hot water, until I feel the hot water come through. Usually I wait about five minutes. I'm like, oh, hot water's here, and then I can get in the shower. And we also have like a 
find nice apartment. I mean, my, you know, no, my the buildings are old, but it's great locations. Like these would be considered like a desirable, I would say. You know, but that's like a part for that's New like, York. I, oh yeah, yeah, no question. I mean, I, my I feel- my first apartment we had a bathtub in the kitchen, cockroaches, right. bathtub in the kitchen to flush the toilet. You had to, there was a, a long wooden spoon I had that you had to like pull up that was attached oh, to it. Oh my god. And what are those? Window, what do those do? I had one of those too. Well, someone made the spoon part of it to like pull the thing, and then the window kitchen would just fall, or the win- the uh, the window in the kitchen would fall. So I had like a another like wooden spoon holding up the window if I wanted to get fresh breeze. I had one of those like it wasn't a spoon. It was this long metal rod with a circle at the end. And you'd have to like lift it up right when you hit the fl- toilet flush thing. And that was the apartment I Airbnb'd out. I don't even think I, like, which is, like, that's you know, why like, the price was went there low. and they were like, it's so New York. Right. We're in I New should have, York. I should have charged more and been like, get the New York experience. Get this the I'll tenement pre- apartment experience. Live like a Polish immigrant from 1940. I'll pretend to be my landlord and I'll yell, I'll yell at you that Airbnb is illegal and tell you to scuttle in, scuttle back in to your so place. So is Airbnb really illegal in New York City? It's like the the laws changed a bunch, but back when I was doing it, it's like it's the state was something in the hotels. You couldn't have short term rentals or you had to be there while you were doing it, which for the record, if you're the IRS, I was there every single time and I followed those protocols. Mm-hmm. And the protocols I followed were you have to be home and it has to be for over three months, I believe. But it also might have changed because hotels were suing Airbnb because it was affecting their short term rental stuff. Really? Yes. As if hotels need any more fucking money. Totally. I mean, they were like, it's the same reason that casinos didn't want weed to be legal in Las Vegas. Like, if people are smoking a bunch of weed, it's going to affect negatively affect them because stone people don't gamble. Drunk people gamble. But can you hear, like, that's so crazy. Law, please make a law. We want people doing our drugs, not their drugs. Like, you fucking like- psychos. That's what it is. I mean, that's what lobbying is. It's like seeing, and those are the ones that we can even make the connections to. I bet there's all kinds of shit where it's like the fucking potato lobbies going against the milk. Lo- Who knows? Like these people, the corn lobby. There's supposedly. Well, I think corns it's corns and everything. It's the syrup, corns corn and everything. Syrup. Corns and everything, which is like well, something a, I would. They have a law now for Parmesan cheese. So the Ooh. the Parmigiano Reggiano, meaning the region of Parma in Italy, it's a tiny little spot in Italy, is the only place that can be considered authentic Parmesan cheese because even though that in and of itself is a billion dollar industry because technically the bacteria that's in that cheese that helps make it Parmesan cheese is um, a certain bacteria in the soil that goes into the cow that that Hmm. goes into the milk that makes the cheese. So uh, there's another outside of that billion dollar industry, there's an even bigger billion dollar industry of people saying Parmesan cheese. At grocery stores and da, 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 that's not really Parmesan cheese. So Italy made a law that said you cannot say Parmigiano Reggiano. Like, like if it's if it says Parmigiano Reggiano, it has to be stamped by the approval of the Italian government to be considered that in order to be sold. Isn't that crazy? So are they, do they just spell it a little differently? On the is it like Parmesan with a Q in it or something? You'll, no, you see like Parmesan, but not Parmigiano uh, Reggiano. So like crap for Parmesan. Italy. Mm-hmm. It, there must have been some sassy motherfucker that just like came over to the United States and was like, no, 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 no. Oh, every, up. yeah. But like, even like small shit like that, like there's just so 
there's just so much. Everyone's out of their minds. I know. There, I was reading. Someone was like, everybody's trying. Who's I don't know whose quote it was. It was like everybody's trying their best except for psychopaths. And I was like, you know what? Maybe they're even trying their best, but they're mm-hmm. psychopaths, so we don't even know. Also, is everyone trying their best? I don't even. I don't know about that. I think we're all getting up and doing something. Is it our best? I, I think after COVID, people were like, you know what? I'll be a little late to work today. I mean, that's right. kind of the general attitude. I'll, I'll, I'll keep going with what we were doing, but I'm gonna be a little late. Me trying my best, I think for me, would be being like, well, I would hope me trying my best would be like, wake up at six, work out, stretch, work out, stretch, learn another language, like your best, like peak, like you as a superhero. Well, you're not a Sims character. But try. I would hope trying my best would be like fucking, like... I've been trying my best. This is one thing I've been doing in the morning, not going right on my phone. So that's like an effort because it's a bad habit. I'll get up. My alarm goes off. I look right. What's happening on Instagram? So now I'm like, I am trying my best to not. There's this guy I follow named David Goggins. And he had this post about how to win the morning. And he was like, don't go on your phone. Put that. Nope. So I've been trying my best with that. But I would hope my overall best would be like fucking who even knows? I haven't. Yeah, part of me close is like, well, I don't do meth, so I guess looking at my phone right when I wake up is not as bad. Because I don't like have my... any vices, to be honest with you. Which is an amazing thing. That's like my mom's I guess thing with so. her, with her sleeping pills. She because uh, she takes her sleeping pills every night, and I was like, I was like, is your t- is that okay for your tolerance? And she's like, well, I don't do heroin. I'm like, I didn't even know that was on the table of. <laughs> What we're, compa- what we're comparing I know what she to. means. I don't think it's good to take sleeping pills every night because it can actually hurt your sleep. That's what I was saying. She's taking the same sleeping It's prescribed, but she's taking it every night for like, I want to say, she's 70. I want to say probably since she was like 10. I'm just imagining. Does she sleep well? No, she has insomnia. Mm. I'm trying to think if there's anything from the episode that we ended up not airing to catch you guys up on. I'm trying to even remember it because I don't even remember where the hell I was. I don't remember. I, I was in North Carolina, so if anyone yes. went to my shows in North Carolina, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, we yeah, had Evan Williams in, on, who we'll bring back on the show. Yep, absolutely. And I was I was in Mission Viejo, and then I went to I had chosen Vegas in between that again, and then I had been working on all this new material, but it's hard doing it in L, in LA. Just doing like, oh, Mateo did it. You did a show, and you did a show in LA. You did a fundraiser show in L.A. I did for Evan Williams has a show that raises money for cystic fibrosis and we raised $20,000. That's great. It was amazing. I think I complained about my air. I also complained about my flight because they mm. bought me a first class ticket to L.A. And I was like, oh, my God, how exciting. So I got on. Actually, the- you didn't complain about the flight. Oh, I got on. It was I really don't think kids should be allowed in first class because it was three kids Three kids in those pods by themselves with the parents. Parents doing nothing. Kids are running around, screaming, playing, drawing in the aisle. The flight attendants can't get around them. People can't get to the bathroom. Parents saying nothing. Don't move. Don't this. Just typing on their phone. Then the mom would yell for the nanny. So the nanny would go do something. And then there was even more. And I was like, honestly, I'm kind of happy I didn't grow up rich. That's so sad for the mom to yell for the nanny when the kid when she's right there. That's mm-hmm. that's that's sad. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like kids can be on that if they well, kids the kids can be kept, anywhere. 
The kids kept behave. stomping and screaming, and then the mom would just keep texting her friends and, and then tell the nanny to do stuff. And then the dad did nothing. So, like, the kids would come over to the dad, he wouldn't even look at them. And That's then, why they're screaming. They're trying to get attention. Mm-hmm. They just and want someone to say it's going to be okay. That. You know what's Ooh. bad when the flight attendant comes up to you and he's like, girl, I can't. That's what he said to me. His exact <laughs> and he's not even girl, gay. Yeah, yeah, straight, turned gay. That's how angry <laughs> yeah. he was at procreation. He he just came right up to me. He's like, I can't. And at one point, and I make no bones about it. I literally just mm. like stare right at the parents because the kids aren't the problem. The parents Absolutely. are the problem. Absolutely. How old were the kids? The mom was holding a newborn that she gave to the um, the nanny. Then there was a three year old. Then there was a six year old. Then there was an eight year old. Damn, that was, they got money. Oh, and one of the kids lost something in the chair. So then the flight attendant couldn't help anybody else out because the parents kept forcing the flight attendant to look for what the kid lost in the chair. And then the dad only got up when he realized that the kid lost his phone. So why an eight-year-old has a phone anyways, I don't know. So then the flight, every time the flight attendant would try and go to work, they would be like, no, help us find this thing. And he's like, we're going to have to do it later. Scary. And I was like, they probably scary. have a ton of money. They're just like rich people. Scary. That's scary. Well, we only have wow. like five minutes left. But yeah, thank I'm you guys glad so we got much. You want this episode? Me too. Do you want to promote some shows? Sure. I've we just got... added some more dates to. Um, uh, ba, 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 ba. We just added more dates to my Al Dente tour. Um, we added an extra show February 9th in Toronto at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. We added two Beautiful. more shows at the Ace, no, one more show at the Ace Hotel in LA, and two more shows in Seattle at the Neptune Theater. So go to MateoLaneComedy.com for tickets. I'm going to be at the Pittsburgh Improv November 2nd. I've never done comedy in Pittsburgh oh, before. I'll be, there in, I'll be there one month later. Awesome. I'm excited. It's I've never done a show there before, so... November 2nd in Pittsburgh, and then I'll be in Cleveland November 3rd. I'll be in D.C. November 4th. I thought it was a private event. I'll be in D.C. Wait, how long are you going to be in D.C. for? Just one night. I'm doing a part of a series at the Kennedy Performing Arts Center. God damn it. I get there December 6th. So I'll just be there that Friday. And then I um, don't go back on tour until the 11th and 12th. I just added that in Portland, Oregon. Well, everyone, thank you guys for liking and like and subscribe and we love you and we'll see you next week. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.